Welcome to Inclusion Matters, produced by the Center for Inclusive Child Care, aka the CICC. We're located at inclusivechildcare.org. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, the podcast of the Center for Inclusive Child Care. I'm Cindy Croft, Director of the Center, and I'm here once again with my colleague, Priscilla Weigel. Hi, Priscilla. Hello, Cindy. And we're so excited to be uh, doing part three of our conversation with Maria Asp and Laura Manhill. Um, Maria is the Director of Neighborhood Bridges, and Laura Manhill is the Manager of Early Bridges. And they have been giving us such fabulous information about working with young children in child care programs. Um, you know, just working with expression and theater skills and language skills and all kinds of wonderful, wonderful stuff. And so now that we're into part three, for the people who are listening, um, we wanted to just see how we could take that information that they have and apply it to the early childhood community. So you may not have access to their wonderful um, expertise, but how can you take what they do and sort of make it part of your everyday world? And I think they have some great ideas for us. We're very excited. Mm -hmm. And they're affiliated with the Children's Theater Company in in Minneapolis. And the Early Bridges program, just to remind folks that may not have joined us before, is that it's a really unique critical thinking and literacy program. uses storytelling, dramatic play, to help um, young children transform into the storytellers of their own lives. Mm -hmm. And it's all based off of the same pedagogy of our Neighborhood Bridges program, which has been around for 20 years, Mm -hmm. um, which is our program for older students. Mm -hmm. So it's an exciting program. So part of our Neighborhood Bridges program is... uh, there is a Gianni Rodari, who is an Italian writer, wrote a book called The Grammar of Fantasy. Don't you love that? I love it. (laughs) And he wrote this book um, when he was at Reggio Emilia with the different preschool teachers. And it's an entire book, very friendly, Mm -hmm. easy, um, that is all about different ways of story starters to practice imagining other possibilities Hmm. so and and it's just game after game after game after game and it and he wrote that working with the teachers there Mm -hmm. so one of a big component of that is how do we do improvised storytelling we actually do it all the time yes Mm -hmm. and kids are game for all the time i mean i have a a two i have a I have, I have two children, and one of my, my children is, is three, and she's just getting to that age where she's starting to tell her own stories. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really awesome because I practice these things at home, you know, just as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a couple of things that I feel like are really useful um, strategies that really anyone can do. And like you said, we tell stories all the time, right? And some of them are really easy. Like once upon a time, there was right. a farmer and he, every day he went and picked apples. And one day when he reached up for an apple, he got a slipper. <laughs> so just kind of by playing with That's making simple. things yeah. silly yeah. or using objects. One of the games we play is like story bag. So nice. just taking a bunch it. of random objects or even just picking up an object you see and make up a story about the, using the objects, you know. Do you know about the game Story Cubes. Have you ever seen that oh, game? Yeah. You just shake. It's, it comes in a box this big, uh-huh. and you just shake throughout the cubes, and the, and you take turns, and you pick up the cube, and it would be another right. way to take this. If, if someone didn't feel like that they could do it on, on their, their own, own. Mm-hmm. if you needed a tool, right. 
but it's really fun. Yeah, but we've used objects before. We also have a, a game called Fantastic Analysis, and it uses photographs, like pictures. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, of, like, we start with, like, emotions. It's a really good place to start. Yeah. Um, t- uh, anger, <laughs> sadness, you know, some mm-hmm. of those basic emotions that everyone's felt and can connect to. Sure. Um, Once upon a time, there was a really angry crayon. Yeah. And every time someone tried to color with it, no color came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the stories don't have to be long. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. people have this idea that like oh I have to tell this really long story they can be short and that's actually often better <laughs> and what a gift to say it yeah. can be short and to see how short yours was yep, mm-hmm. as the grown up in the room and, and say I can do this and you can do this one of our amazing um, preschool teachers oh, yeah. from St. Paul took this improvised storytelling mm-hmm. training and she started doing it with her kids and they were like we're making up our yep. own stories as a class and you can I do it in the it. hallway well, unless you're supposed to be quiet in the hallway yeah. <laughs> you can do it you know when you're waiting for something that's you know, you're so on a field cute. Trip, you're yeah. online, you're on the bus. I feel like teachers are always looking for ways to um, keep the, like the the wait time. The wait time. Do mm-hmm. things during wait yep. time. So mm-hmm. they do songs, they do finger play. They, but this is a yeah. wonderful. Yeah. I, um, this is idea. a creative yeah. idea. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It gets the brain mo- moving. Um, also, um, another thing that is really easy to do is just try taking a story like stories from your classroom and have the students do some acting at, you know acting out parts of the story and it, and it can be easy as just you know I'm gonna tell the story of um, the three little pigs but in this version you know they're not pigs right or you could you can kind of change up so a story. Just start with what if what if and start posing exactly. questions to that to what kids. if they mm-hmm. were Wolves, mm-hmm. bunny rabbits. <laughs> so I, so I can hear some of our listeners thinking, mm-hmm. I would do that in circle time, but it would just become chaos. Oh, sure. mm-hmm. So, what do you sure. say to that? It's productive, controlled chaos. <laughs> so, it's, it's you don't need a stage. Mm-hmm. You just establish some simple rules. You can have the whole class can act out parts of it yep. all together, just yep. from where they're seated, mm-hmm. or you can bring up a few people. Yeah. As you're telling the story, you know, and things come up like, and then they walked through the forest. Can everyone make a forest with mm-hmm. their hands, or you know, or just say so make everyone's a involved. Everyone's and, involved, and, and, and that's know, sitting nice. in your, you can stay in your seating, mm-hmm. but imagine what that forest could look like, you know, and make a tree with your body. Mm-hmm. What's another way the tree could look, you know? <gasps> what if the trees were angry, you know? Mm-hmm. Or and so they can be part of the story. Um, and asking open-ended questions is another way to really engage students in our interactive storytelling. And we have found that the kids have such a profound sense of fairness and justice. Mm -hmm. So we have this one story called How Six Made Their Way Through the the World. And at the beginning of the story, there's a problem. Mm -hmm. And someone keeps stealing all the shoes in the town. Mm -hmm. And and they have a guard that solves the problem. But one of our amazing teaching artists started asking, why do you think this... The, the robber is stealing the shoes. Mm-hmm. And the kids were so generous in all the different solutions they I came up it. with. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they need shoes for their yeah. family. Maybe yeah. they're, so it's like thinking about things not in binaries but mm-hmm. in, in complexity and then letting, letting the kids offer possible solutions to the problems. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. So that's one way. So the kind of interactive, open-ended questioning. How do you think, you know, um, the, this character feels at the beginning of the story? And um, how else might they feel? Or, you know, mm-hmm. um, open-ended questions about emotion are really helpful. Um, also, when you're doing interactive storytelling is, you know, sometimes it's 
kids need to move, right? So <laughs> yes, they like, do. Moving your body or making the shape of different characters or you know emotions in the story, I think, is another thing we can do. We do four different trainings. Um, uh, we have interactive storytelling, which is some examples we've just gave. The improvised storytelling, and that's kind of making up stories um, where you could use objects, like we mentioned, or emotion cards or vocabulary that you've been working on. If you're doing, one of my teachers last year was doing weather, um, mm. and that was kind of their unit. And so I told a story. It's a, a Mayan legend about this boy who wouldn't obey, and um, we created our bodies, we made a, a thunderstorm with our bodies, you know, like mm -hmm. we made the wind and the rain and the thunder. And then she said she's used the same technique, you know, as it came up even in a nonfiction book. And um, they were talking about it and we were like, oh, let's make the rain, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes just embodying sure. the concept. Yeah. So to help, you know, build vocabulary skills. Another one of our trainings mm -hmm. is acting out stories from familiar books. And we have a friend, uh, Mary Hinesberry from Chicago, and she wrote this great book called Don't Leave the Story in the Book. Oh, yeah. And it, oh, neat. I know. It's, it's, really, it's a must read. It's <laughs> so good. But, but she really helped us see, like, books are really intimate experiences, mm -hmm. and that the, the book is only part of what the joy of the story can be. Yeah. Yeah. And... That's, I think that's helpful. I think you're just telling people, you're giving them permission mm -hmm. to tell a story, like yeah. to get outside of the book. And I feel like people listening might think, oh, wow, I, I feel like I have to read the book. Or if no, I don't read the book no. right, then no. the kids are going to say, oh, you skipped a part. Or, mm -hmm. you know, it's some of it may be confidence. Sure. Or, but you're really giving them permission to, to just be themselves and be creative and bring the children in. And I think letting go, we've, a lot of our educators that we've worked with from preschools and different centers and, and um, they've found that sometimes it's like letting go of that, trying to get it right mm -hmm. and then showing, and, and telling the kids that's okay. I'm going to tell, and even if you wanted to show, look at all these different versions of this story, you know, of the three little pigs. Look at all these different books I have. Yeah. Uh, let's, we're going to make up our own story about. Yeah. Well, that whole thing about yeah. making mistakes, we actually, applaud mistakes yeah. and one of our storytelling games is about making mistakes so yeah. we're just going to all make mistakes yep. right now and we take a title like <laughs> yep. the three sure. little pigs yep. and you're going to say it wrong, say it wrong. and yeah. that so just what is the story right. of mm -hmm. the three huge pigs or yeah. you know, play, yeah. Yeah. change mm -hmm. one word in the title mm -hmm. and then that's the launch and that's how you the, get started right. yep. storytelling and what yeah. a wonderful skill to teach children that mistakes happen uh -huh. but the world doesn't end right it's still fun yeah. and oh we still survived and i think too one other thing that i'm noticing in just what you're sharing is the building of that attachment connection mm -hmm. between the educator or the provider yeah. and the child so yeah. it doesn't need to be in this large group setting no. it can be side mm -hmm. by side mm -hmm. it can be conversational you're sitting at the Play-Doh table and you're playing and mm -hmm. somebody mentions a, a fun word mm -hmm. or what they did Saturday mm -hmm. and there's a story right, right there. There's a story. Yeah. And I think it is, yeah, it's like letting go of kind of trying to get it right. Mm -hmm. And so it's more about just let's tell a story or, and I think letting go of having a, a physical book in your hand, it frees you up too because you're not trying to make sure you're turning the pages and, mm -hmm. you know, and there's, that has its place also, you know, but I think there's something that's kind of liberating about just telling a story mm -hmm. um, and, or, yeah. or tell, tell the story first and then 
tell everybody oh, to see it in your mind. Exactly. Oh, I love see it. it in your mind's eye and draw your favorite part of the yep. story. That's nice. a fun activity. Nice. And then when yeah. they when you bring the book in later, you can talk mm-hmm. about how what what were some of the differences in the way yep. you saw the story from this That's version. A good so that there's not a true version. I love it's it. It's just this version and your version. Yeah. yeah. No, that's oh. great. And I, really I feel fun. like there's a bazillion different storytelling games, and we're always learning from our, our teachers. Mm-hmm. And this is very collaborative. I mean, the whole program has come from multiple people's ideas, and we yeah. do lots of trainings ourselves. Um, and so it's very, like, you know, we're very collaborative and <laughs> we share our mm-hmm. ideas. It's a dynamic process. Yes, it yeah. is. And it's growing and changing. Really, it's always it. changing. Um, I think also the student story, student acting um, can be, it sounds kind of intimidating. You know, I'm going to collect stories from my students and then have them acted out. And that's just, again, it's going to be so much paperwork. <laughs> yeah. But I think you can keep it really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I've worked with, uh, I'm working with a child care center right now, and they're collecting stories from as young as their, like their infant classrooms, 18 to 24 months. Really? I mean, yeah, and they're, they're, they're not, I mean, not all the kids are verbal, sure. and that's okay, but they want to encourage storytelling in their school, and so, that's um, exciting. yeah, and so, I mean, there's one kid in the class that has some, a lot more language, and so he's telling some pretty short stories, mm-hmm. but, yeah. And you can collect the stories when kids are coming and yep. having their breakfast. Sure. Yeah. It, yep. yeah. it doesn't yep. have to be, it can just be integrated exactly. into. Exactly. And even a story can be just about anything that's about them, I feel like is very valuable. Too. Yeah. Just saying, you know, one day Maria was walking up the stairs and she found a cupcake and then she ate it. The end. And that's the story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are the kind of stories my three-year-old enjoys. Sure. The yeah. Most. Right. right. So anything that's about her. Or, yeah. No. Yeah, so those are some, I mean, just really simple. I think just don't um, don't take yourself too seriously. Or <laughs> you already have what you need. You have all the skills. Great. Right. That's, that's what a I, good way that, to close. That is. That's yeah. That takes some True. risks to have fun. Um, let the kids lead, you know? And I, I don't think we even talked about, like, puppets. That can also just oh, be a sure. fun way of making something. Um, and we make puppets, I mean, pretty basic, like a straw and a square piece of construction paper. The kids draw something on it. Let's make a puppet that's a has a superpower, and you then they're all of a sudden. What's your superpower? The puppet's the vehicle. Yeah, I love program. and I love watching kids yes. watch puppetry yep. because even though your right? face is right there, they are puppet. staring right. at that puppet oh. like it's alive. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. The best thing it ever. is, and it's accessible to even much older ages. Yeah, I'll bring them to my older classrooms, my school age. My third graders still like puppets. I'm so. sure that. Yeah. Oh, it just it's, <laughs> no, it's such fun. a comfort. It's yeah. really fun. It so, is, and fun. it's just. But yeah, that's another way to just open up like storytelling is you know creating some some puppets, paper bag puppets. Popsicle sticks. Popsicle sticks. <laughs> wow, I think you've given some great ideas to our listeners. I yeah. hope that they will be able to take this and uh, make, bring it into the classroom or family child care and, yeah. and encourage storytelling because it's a wonderful skill for children to have. And as you said, Priscilla, it promotes so many other social-emotional mm-hmm. skills oh, yeah. and physical skills, mm-hmm. as you were talking about, cognitive and language development. I mean, there's yeah. no end to the benefits learning to be able to tell a story. Tell a story confidently and yeah. know that people are listening yeah. to you and that they care what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I love what it. What a gift. Yeah. Well, How thank exciting. you, Maria and Laura. We're so happy that we've had you here. Yes, and uh, we could go on and on and on, but we have to close it up. But again, if people want to contact the um, your program, they can email you, Laura, Laura at... Laura Manhill, um, L 
M-A-N-N-H-I-L-L at childrenstheater.org. That's theater with an R. All right. Thank you both again. (laughs) Thank you. This has been great. That's all for now. See you next time.